Friendshiping is proud to be back. And now a message from Esperanza Community Services. Esperanza provides housing, case management, and therapeutic classroom education for children and adults with developmental disabilities. This organization has been serving Chicago since 1969. Nice. You can donate and support at esperanzacommunity.org. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This This is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... Back to cool. Oh, (laughs) when, when were we cool that we can now return to it? Friendship between humans has many benefits But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits View friendship at the problem Wow. Wow. Hello, Trin. Wow. Oh, Jen. Wow. Let's take a couple seconds to just acknowledge how rusty we are, Yeah. Um, how rough this is going to be, how little I remember what to do. <laughs> right. I just like I haven't felt like a, a grown up adult fully capable of analyzing other people's problems, even the vaguest advice I have not felt like I could give <laughs> for several weeks. Um, and I don't feel like that still. <laughs> but, I, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, it's uh, our show has been built on a very solid foundation of our social mistakes and fuck ups. And I think it's time for us to get back together and try to be better together again. I love that. I think that should be our thesis. Right. <laughs> yeah, life uh, life was a shit shit show, and it still is. You know, it still is. We have personal losses, national losses, global losses, lots of heartache in every direction. And also, we were writing a book. We were finishing a book. All of that made focusing on the podcast pretty much impossible. So we took a break. Yeah. And I just needed to not hear myself talk for a while. You know, I needed <laughs> needed to shut up. I still feel that way. But at some point, you got to be like, oh, I, I have this voice. I should probably, it's getting a little, it's getting a little rusty. I think I'll use it again. Any tiny piece of normality that I can cling to right now? Because like you and I have been through several major life changes recently. And to find my way back to something that makes me happy and makes me feel fulfilled at a time where like that's very difficult, you know, to to grasp onto. Yeah, like I'm glad we're back. Oh, man, it's just there's so much. I've learned so many new and interesting coping mechanisms lately, Jen. Oh, share. Please share. So my life and, and everybody else's life for the past few months has been just like a long series of existential crises. And there are some there are some coping mechanisms that I've done that are just like so I've been watching The Good Place. You know, nice. like that's it's a really just a, a good show that can make you feel like there's a possibility that the universe gives a shit kind of thing, which is nice just to, to pretend for a little while. So my dad, um, my dad's been kind of down because he hurt his knee. And, you know, when you're over 65 and, and, and you feel like your, your body's kind of given out on you, like that's no fun at all. Jen and I joke about what our actual ages are on the show all the time. But I'm going to be honest, I'm 35. And so what I've been doing is I've been trying to remember that 35 is actually a really long time for somebody to have successfully survived. And I try to sit back and I think of a memory from five years ago. Whether it's good or bad, it doesn't really matter. Just five years ago. And then I find one from five years before that. And I find one from five years before that. And I can do that, you know, like five or six times. And it's such a beautiful thing to remember how many identities I've had over my lifetime 
and how many different experiences I've had in my lifetime. Like even just the the concept of being a normal suburban emo teen, you know, or or the memory of being miserable at a cubicle job that I hated. You know, like my life has changed so many times and I've been so many people and felt so many things and to feel some real gratitude for that like right now is is really cool and weed a lot of weed oh yeah my coping mechanisms have not been as fun I've been running running miles I've also been sitting a lot of sits and the one weird one I would say is I've been playing video games but specifically from childhood don't know what this means I'll have a therapist analyze this at a later date Uh, but I've been playing Playing it even makes you feel games. good. Who gives a fuck? What are you playing? Are you playing Star Fox? Fox Star? No, oh, God, I wish. God, I, is Star Fox on Switch? It's not, right? Man. Oh, no, I bet it's not. But that's your yeah. that's your hot honey. Yeah, I have a huge crush on Star Fox and Robin Hood. I guess I have a thing for man foxes. But the games I am playing are Roller Coaster Tycoon. Got that ported, I guess is the word. I don't really know how this works. I don't know that computers for Mac. And I learned that you can only play the original Roller Coaster Tycoon if you have a Mac that hasn't been updated to the recent iOS. And I did have a Mac that had been updated to Catalina or whatever it's called, but my husband did not. So I started a little uh, underground campaign, dropping some hints at conversations, like just so he would, uh, you know, laying the groundwork for downloading Roller Coaster Tycoon. I would say things like, hey, I heard the new iOS sucks. I heard you shouldn't download it. I heard it destroys your computer. Um, (laughs) And I'm keeping it up, and now uh, I play on his computer a lot. And sometimes he still uses the computer for things like banking or work or silly things like that. Um, But I've decided it's now the gaming computer, the family gaming computer. And by family, I mean me. That's only fair. It's what you deserve. Thank you. I get this, like, very calm, steady, meditative feeling going when I'm making roller coasters and destroying them. Jen, I love you. Oh, man. Oh, I remembered another coping mechanism. Can I tell you about it? Yes, please. So I watched um, the second season of Umbrella Academy on Netflix, which was, and that's not the coping mechanism, but it it is necessary to set this up. And it's really good. And I'm going to do my best to not do a spoiler, but there Mm -hmm. is a character who is dead and then gets to experience life for a little while. And he smells dirt and enjoys Aww. warm beverages and hugs people, you know. And I, re- I realized that that would be what I would want to do, you know, if I came back from the dead. Every now and again, I'll have a warm shower and I'll be like, hey, this one's for future dead trend, man. We're, we're enjoying this shit. <laughs> do it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And like and it's and I know that that sounds kind of like a bummer, you know, but like it, when we have this constant droning on about death and sickness and unhappiness, like I think for me, at least thinking about a time where I may feel worse, you know, and enjoying something that I can yeah. right now is like, I don't know why, but it has been very helpful. Also eating lots of carbohydrates. Lots of carbohydrates. Lots of carbs. Oh, yeah. Lots of yeah. weed. Oh, I love what you said about enjoying a warm shower. You know, when things are, aren't are good, all you want is normalcy, right? You just want the small things to be okay. And there's something really beautiful about finding those small things so yeah. precious. We've had a really, really beautiful September here in Chicago, and I'm trying to really yeah. enjoy it. 
Um, it, you know, it's not like we can do much. Like, I, I'm not even, I'm not doing very many fall things. The only fall thing I'm doing is like going for walks and avoiding people and wearing a mask and doing all those protocols yeah. you should do. So it's not like I'm even going to a pumpkin patch or anything, but I'm trying really hard to like sit on the porch with yes. intention. And it's good. I mean, things are bad, but those moments that I can find where I can enjoy these these little small moments in my day have been, it's, it's powerful. It really kind of, it really, uh, it's a good mindset to have right now. So, so we've been talking about coping mechanisms and we've been talking about like things that we've been doing to feel better. And we could answer a question today about a very specific coping mechanism that we strongly recommend. Uh, and it is called therapy. Therapy. I've heard of it. Uh, do you want to read it? Um, it's just one sentence. I was going to say. Or do you want me to read it? I was like, let's just do it at the same time. But Jen, you know what? I let in. <laughs> let's, have, let's have you read it. You got it. it. Okay. So it's just one sentence. And uh, the question is. How do you know when it's time to change therapists or change therapy styles? Great question. This is oddly timely because both of us are going to be looking through for a new therapist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I need a new therapist. Um, it's on my very, very long self-care to-do list. I'm glad we got this question. I think the first thing that's coming to mind here is just a reminder, and I think our, we've talked about this enough that I think our listeners probably probably have heard this many times, but progress with any therapist is usually not like linear or right. quick, and it's definitely not going to be easy. So you will probably dislike your therapist at some point because they are making you talk and think about things that you don't want to talk or think about. And that's kind of the point, unfortunately. If you dread therapy a little bit, I think that's very normal and not necessarily a bad sign. But of course, we will talk about what we consider to be bad signs because not all therapists are good at their job or uh, worth your time or your money. So that's, I mean, right. the, the thing about therapists is they are people too, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> Honestly, like I would love a therapy Android, and uh, I I have told I've straight up told my therapist who I love, and I don't well, I don't want to break up with her, but I'm losing my uh, not losing my insurance. I'm changing insurances, and it sucks. Um, but I've said to her, I've been like. I need to pretend that you're a robot or I can't do this because if I think about the fact that you might have opinions on the things that I say, I'll, I'll that, oh. this won't work. Oh, and she's yeah. like, she, she was like, okay, well, beep, boop, beep. She didn't say that. But, you know, she was just yeah. like, okay, uh, I'm on board. Sure, I'm a robot, whatever. Like, yeah. Then, and that's how you know. That's how you know that it's the right fit is when, when they're cool with being a robot for you. Yeah, please do not perceive me. Don't think about me after this, okay? Okay, therapist, thank you. <laughs> It's like, I don't want to, it's like the way, you know how you feel when you run into like, when you were a kid and you'd run into one of your teachers at the grocery store or something like that? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, you live in the school and I'm not okay with you not living inside of the school. You're a person and you won't be wear sweatpants. Not okay. Anyway, that's how I feel about my therapist thinking about me. But Jen, I agree with you what you said. Sometimes it's okay to feel a small amount of dread about going to therapy. It could that could mean that it's working. You know, it's like the burn that you feel from the special cream that means it's working, you know? Yeah, yeah. But if it's a regular sense of dread, that is bad, you know? Um it's a, it's very much a balance between is am I am I not feeling it because I don't want to do the work or am I not feeling it because it's not working for me? So fortunately, we have two great things that we're going to share with you, listeners. One is a passage from our book yeah. about this topic. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and then two is we made um, a, a quick therapist no-no list. Just some things that we think if you're experiencing them, then maybe, maybe move on. Where, where, where do you think we should start, 
I almost said, where do you think we should start, babe? But yeah, babe, where do you think we should start? I'm blushing. Uh, I think let's do the book and then come to our no-no list. Yeah? Yeah? I'm into it. Okay, so this is an actual part of our book that was published. Actually, it's not published yet. Is it published? I don't know if these copies exist yet. Okay, I know that the pub date is December 22nd. But I also know that copies of these books are being created. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. We're going to read from a PDF. That's what we're reading from. People have read it. There are literally people who have read it. Like Publishers Weekly reviewed it. There are people on like NetGalley that reviewed it. I don't know how NetGalley works. If you want to read our book and are a NetGalley person, like maybe you can do that. I don't really know. We're on Goodreads Um, now. I looked the other night. What? Yeah. Oh, I'll never look at that. Oh, oh no, shit. it's it's great. It pulled it pulled reviews from the net galley. Um, but you're right. You're right that we should not read reviews. Uh, we're coming oh, up gosh. to the point where it's time to stop paying attention to reviews because it'll it'll be too scary. But this is really sweet. I found out I was on Goodreads because you know you can like follow friends on Goodreads and see what they're right. what they're reading. And someone said they put a book on their to read list, and it was our book. And I was like, oh my god, that's oh. I that's my name. I wrote that. Trin, that's Trin's name. That's the book. God. Who put that there? Um, so I don't know Man, how these things happen, but it happened. Yeah, like it's 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 very strange to me. And I agree with you, Jen. Like now is the time to stop paying attention to reviews because right now it's only the people who are really interested in reading our book have read it kind of thing. Yep. And yep. then like and soon people who it's not up their alley are going to start reading it. And I don't want that opinion. The fact that people that aren't in our immediate friend circle are starting to read the book blows my mind. Like they don't even feel obligated to do it. They don't have to read it. I mean, like, yeah. Like Nadia, I'm sorry, Nadia, you are going to have to read this book at one point. Lynn, I think we already agreed you don't have to. It's fine. You do have to buy it, though, (laughs) Um, but you don't have to read it. (laughs) Like everyone I've ever been married to definitely has to read the book. (laughs) But like, I mean, you know, and like and I have some friends who I'm like, I know they're going to like Tommy will probably read it, you know, but like, you know, I have some friends who I'm like, don't worry about it. And NBD, buddy. It's just because it's so it's relevant to this episode. Um, and and I, I, I don't know. Maybe you guys don't love hearing us read from our book. Let us know. Email us, friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. If you can and want to give therapy a try, here's what we would like you to know. We'd like you to know that patience is required. Your first few sessions may feel like a total waste of effort. It's a type of treatment, and treatment takes time. Pretend it's like physical therapy, which typically unfolds over many months. Attend a handful of sessions before you decide it isn't working. You'll want to lie. It took Jen weeks and weeks to work up the courage to speak openly. She wanted to either exaggerate tremendously to make her therapist laugh, because who doesn't love an audience, or completely downplay her feelings. And you might cry, like a lot, and it might startle or surprise you. But crying unexpectedly is likely your body's way of signaling that you have reached an important topic. You may have just touched a wound you didn't even know you had. Luckily, most therapists supply tissues. Jen, side note, I finally two or three weeks ago, started because, you know, I've been doing remote therapy for a long time. But like two or three weeks ago, I finally realized that I could provide myself with Kleenex coffee and water before my therapy appointment and have it ready during. And I took me several months to realize that. All right. Therapists are humans, too. That means they are susceptible to bad days, off days, illnesses, mistakes, judgment errors and being bad at their jobs. Me, who is bisexual, once visited a therapist who did not believe people could be bisexual. You may not find the right therapist on your first go. And if that's the case, we don't recommend writing off therapy completely. 
give therapy another try. And we know this will involve an annoying series of tasks like emails, phone calls, schedules, insurance, paperwork, but please stay the course the best that you can. And finally, go easy on yourself. Try not to worry about how much progress you're making or if you're saying the correct things. Many of us want to be impressive and do well in therapy, but there are no tests, no grades. Actually, scratch that. There are grades for therapy, and we're giving you an A plus just for trying. Gold star, even. Good job. Thumbs up, cookie. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's actually more about therapy, but you know, again, like we're not we're not going to read from our book this whole time. We just thought we'd give you guys a treat. I don't know, is that a treat, or did we just make them suffer through something? We'll find out when you email us at friendshipbeampodcast at gmail Let's expand on that in in the no no list and in the, the no no list. <laughs> And that there was no, no list. Um, I want to actually start with something that we mentioned, which was, you know, I had a therapist who did not believe in bisexuality, you know, and I stayed with her. I believe I've talked about this on the show. I've stayed with her for a couple of years because it wasn't something that I was even ready to talk about to myself yet. And doing the work of finding a new therapist and building up that relationship is really hard. And I know I shouldn't give, you know, old people a pass on, on things like this, but I did, you know, for, for a temporary time. I decided I am okay with her being this way. But it got to be too much and I switched therapists. And it was a really, really, really good move. But I also don't regret sticking around with somebody when I was going through a really, really hard time because I wasn't specifically talking about being bisexual. And, you know, do I wish her well? No. But, <laughs> but like, you know, you know, you, I did what I had to do. And I, and I don't regret that, um, even though that was definitely a therapy no-no. Um, what yeah. else, Jen? What else is a no-no's? Yeah, Trin, I'm really glad you still took care of yourself. And then you took care of yourself again by leaving that therapist. You know, that's mm-hmm. exactly that's exactly the right thing. I decided to part ways with the therapist I was working with off and on over the years because she, I don't know how else to put this. She didn't hate Trump enough. She just did what? it. I don't, how? She, she wasn't a supporter of his, but she she wasn't angry. She wasn't sad. And I don't need <sighs> someone to get fired up every single day. I don't think that's possible. We're all sad. We're all tired. But the way she talked about him made me very uncomfortable. She mentioned something about not being into politics. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. you don't. What, uh, that's not OK. I don't consider what's happening in our country to be that political. I consider it to be like appalling and uh, you know damaging and terrible to humans societal upheaval (laughs) yeah yeah and uh and she even mentioned that clients bring their worries to him uh, bring their worries to her about trump and this administration uh all the time and i was like so so it just wasn't clicking for me like how you're hearing the concerns of many people and still you're not you're not worried about quote politics like i was like "Eh, this isn't gonna work yeah so that was a that was a no for me I could see, just like you said, though, I could see there might be a world where I would have stuck around for a couple more times in the middle of a personal crisis. Maybe. I don't know. I was fortunately in a path where I was like, yeah, I can I can use my insurance and go to someone else. So I feel I feel lucky that I don't have to that I don't have to stick with her. That's rad. My therapist and I have had the Trump conversation, too. And and I remember saying something like, you know, I don't want to bum you out. And like, I also don't want you to feel like you have to agree with me. But, you know, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I didn't want right, her to, right. to agree with me. Um, and she just straight up said something like, you know what? I do agree with you and you'll never bum me out. Go for it kind of thing. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for saying that out loud. Because, you know, a lot of, at least for me, therapy is a reasonability check. You know, like I go to my therapist because I need to know, are these fe- are these feelings reasonable or is this something that I need to work on? Which is another another point. 
if your therapist is too hard or too forgiving of you, that those are both no-nos, you know? (laughs) And it's hard to determine that in the moment, I would say. Because it could be you could just need to learn to accept criticism. Like maybe they are super hard on you and they disagree with you. Like, and maybe those are things you need to hear. I think it's, it takes a lot of honesty to be able to determine that. But it also can be, and I would say particularly for, for non-men, having somebody who's telling you that you are being reasonable, trusting them that you're being reasonable is sometimes very difficult because you are doing okay in some things. You yeah. Know? You have, to, you have to be able to trust their perspective, right? Exactly. So, yeah, I think uh, the, the, the gist really of if they're too hard on you or too forgiving of you is, like, do you trust them to make that judgment? And if you don't, then, then maybe don't go to them. What else, Jen? You can disagree with your therapist on some things, but, you know, everyone has, has their lines and their boundaries. And you just have to trust that you are speaking with a reasonable person. I think another no would be, they're either super, maybe they're not respectful of your religion or they're super religious themselves or, or something like right. that. And there are there are therapists and pa- slash pastors if, if that's what you need. I actually, the first person I spoke with in a therapy capacity was a um, chaplain in college. And uh, it was great. It was a completely irreligious conversation. And it opened the door for me like to seek therapy with uh, someone outside of outside of the college, outside of campus. Yeah. But it was a great conversation. So I know that these I know that these people exist, but they shouldn't exist in your orbit if they don't respect uh, where you're coming from. Absolutely. I mean, and I think even just practically, it's good to have somebody who you know, I, I'm not saying go to somebody who is your exact religion only like do, do fucking whatever. But somebody who is not going to if you're irreligious and and you go to somebody who is religious and they're like, hey, just trust in Jesus. And you're like, actually, I will not do that. Or I can't. Or if you're somebody who's like, you know what? I think that I can let go and like trust that God will get me through this. You don't want your therapist to be like, you know, like, like, fuck that. Fuck both of those situations. Here's another situation where you should probably leave your therapist. Um, Trin, does it ring a bell? Maybe if your therapist uh, steals someone else's dog. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, without rehashing this whole thing, if your therapist relays a personal <laughs> tale that makes you question their ability to make good person-to-person choices, just get out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's exactly it. Uh if they do something that makes you drop your jaw, uh, perhaps glance at the door because you want to exit. Um, that's not a good situation to pour out your thoughts and feelings. You should probably exit. God. <laughs> oh, man. The next one uh, is kind of an iffy one because I actually know somebody. I'm not going to say this person's name. I'm only going to say I'm only going to put out into the universe. I love you. And I'm so glad I know this about you. But I have a friend who uh, definitely had a crush on their therapist, and it was, like, so obvious that their therapist had a crush on them back, but it worked. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so know, amazing. Right? <laughs> um, but, like, my, my friend oh, it was, was happy with the situation. I don't know if, uh, if they're still going to that person, but um, usually if you have a crush on your therapist, it will make you probably act in ways that um, you're trying to impress them. And everybody, I think, has mm-hmm. that instinct, uh, at least a small amount, because when you're relaying your most personal thoughts, you want somebody to react positively to you, you know. But if you want, want to get down in, in their therapist pants, um, that's, that's distracting and possibly a negative consequence because, again, you just won't be fully honest with them. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to work. If you have a long-term crush on this, on this therapist, it's not going to work. Or if they have a crush on you, not going to work. I imagine having passing feelings is probably not that big of a red flag. This is me speaking out of my ass here. I don't really know. Um, but that's that's my instinct that because people get crushes and then forget their crushes in yeah. 20 minutes. That's just how people are. But if, you have, if you're having feelings, I would say, mm, no, no, you can't pay someone to listen to you and then have a crush no. on them. Man, I, I got to tell you, dude, I've had so many hot dermatologists in my lifetime. And I would Ooh. say my, my past four dermatologists have been hot. And it sucks because you walk in and you're like, well, Fuck. And but then you start talking about your moles and it just ends and it's just a doctor patient relationship. So who knows? You know, talk about your moles in therapy and maybe that'll help you out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the last uh, no no isn't it's kind of a no no. It's a the practicality of seeing this person, you know, whether they are too expensive because they don't take your insurance or, you know, they don't do a sliding scale or maybe for some fucked up reason they're not doing remote therapy right now, which would be fucked up um like those are those are also reasons to leave it can be something super super practical it does not have to be a big emotional i want to have sex with them and or they gave away someone else's dog you know like it, it can be different <laughs> yeah it could be i don't want to get on the train for 45 right. minutes every other tuesday to go see this person i try to when i'm doing something that um some adult grown-up thing that i don't want to do such as go to the dentist we have a household policy like if you need to be a little bit babied, that's the term we use afterwards, that's allowed. Like if you have a, yes. a dentist appointment, you made yourself do the thing. Um, you didn't want to go. You didn't want to spend that money. You didn't want to have someone look in your mouth <laughs> and poke around. But you know it's good for you. It's good for future. It's good for future you. So you did it anyway. Um, then afterwards, you get a little treat. And that little treat is you can, uh, in our household, it means like we can order lunch or take a nap or do something, you know. Okay, so what I'm, my point here is um, if you do something that you know is good for yourself, even though you don't want to do it, try to make it as easy as possible on yourself to do yeah. the thing. And that might mean finding a therapist that fits perfectly in your schedule or a therapist that will only do remote, which is probably everybody right now. You know, make this easy on yourself. Try not to suffer through. Maybe you're someone that likes running errands or uh, doing paperwork. I, I'm not really. I'm not really. That's not really like to put my energy. So I try not to. I try to streamline that that stuff. You know, when it comes to things like the annoying, knowing things you have to do to take care of yourself. Totally, totally. Um, I guess this is the start of a new season of friendshiping where I'm totally honest about how much weed I consume because I wanted to mention <laughs> that. Um, so I've been exercising, Jen. I've been exercising oh. regularly. Like, dude, nice dude, trend. dude, dude, I do 30 to 35 minutes of uh, stationary cycling six days a week. Two days a week, I do upper body exercises. And two days a week, I do lower body exercises. Oh, my gosh. I Trin, that's I'm great. getting buff. I'm going to tell you what. And you want to know why? Because I'm so high that I don't care that I'm exercising. Yes. That is the only yeah. way that this yeah. gets done. And it's all like, you know, like I said, it's a stationary bike and I do body weight exercises. So these aren't things that I can easily hurt myself through um, lack of paying attention mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, but yeah, man, like, uh, but I know that I need that little serotonin boost from running around that we all need to get because, you know, we were running around chasing, I don't know, what kind of animal, antelope, deer to eat. And like now we don't. Um Woolly mammoths, woolly perhaps? mammoths, perhaps. <laughs> you guys aren't going to get that unless you uh, <laughs> unless you read our book. Oh man, 
there's a reference to Woolly Mammoth in the first page of the book, in the first paragraph. After the book like comes out and people read it and people ask us about that, because there's a whole story. I want to tell the Woolly Mammoth story one day. Today is not that day, but today is not Not that that day. day. We have a lot of teasers in this episode. (laughs) Come back for the Woolly Mammoth story. This is the most clickbait (laughs) episode we've ever done. (laughs) But you know what? Like, it's been a while, man. And there's so much to talk about. And like, you know, I'm not going to fill in everybody on every awful thing that has been happening in my life for the past several months. But man, I really hope if nothing else, friendshiping can be a place where people can go to feel okay about making mistakes and getting better. You know, like I want you to come to this episode and just kick back and relax into the soft, warm mud of human failure that we all are in. You know, (laughs) get down here in the dirt with us. And we'll all get better together. (laughs) Yeah, that's really great. I love that trend. Yeah, if we could provide the tiniest little droplet of serotonin to another human being right now. um, And the answer (laughs) might be no. (laughs) The answer might be that didn't provide me any serotonin, but uh, I I am I am like a hamster who drinks out of those like weird hamster water bottles that hang from the cage, sucking desperately to get some serotonin. You're the best. (laughs) And on that that appetite spoiling image, maybe we should end the show. Maybe we could for now. We'll be back back eventually. I mean, like we'll be back next week. Well, we're gonna try and be back next week. Let's talk about this, Jen. Um, So uh, we, who knows when this episode is gonna drop? Um, But Jen and I are gonna be recording the audiobook of our book uh, this month. So we are hoping to return to a regular weekly schedule. But because our marketing push for our book is kind of like happening right now and man it's gonna kick in right after the american election which is like i can't even brain fuck perfect great timing too anyway um (laughs) so a lot's going on so we are like i said we're gonna really really try to be back and regular and weekly um but we want you guys to have a ton of patience with us because um, we don't do a backlog of episodes because we want things to be relevant to our lives right now and relevant to the times and whatever bullshit the american government is up to right now that's important to us so so bear with us, please. But yeah, we're we're back. We're back in the saddle, if maybe occasionally thrown from it. This has been friendshipping. <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> yeah, this has been friendshipping. Uh, if you want to ask us a question, oh please do. And and also, um, if you want to hear more of our book or never hear from our book again, please email us friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can. We're going to be like tweeting again more, probably. I mean, I'm back on Twitter, so perhaps Friendshipping will also be back on Twitter. Who knows? Um, at Do Friendship. Thank you, Ian Parman, for editing. Thank you, Lauren Gallagher, for our beautiful uh, branding and design work. Monica Verma, hell yeah. Thank you for being our agent. Molly Lewis, our theme song. I can't wait to hear it again. I haven't heard it in a really long time. Um, and, and thank you to me for cleaning out my clothes closet so that I can record. Uh, and hey, audience, thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. New friendship and